good Friday morning to you. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And we've made it to another Friday. Yeah, raise your glass. Put a couple of fingers of Jack in the coffee. Why not? Because you know what? Everything you see, it's, it, it's gone nuts and ridiculous from uh, impeachments to uh, quantitative easing. That isn't quantitative easing. Trade deal, no trade deal. Civil war, no civil war. I mean, you name it. Everybody's a racist. How you doing? 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And uh, just a, a fantastic day here in the Valley of the Sun. The, the weather almost, almost perfect. Still a little warm, but almost, you know, when we get down into those mid-80s, uh, it's just going to be absolutely fantastic out there. Get out there, play a little golf, you know, uh, do some fun. I think the fair's going on right now. Go go hit the fair. I love going to the fair. Nobody in my family likes going to the fair but me. When I go, I like to just see the animals. I like to see the cows and the chickens. And and, uh, and my, my kids are too old, right? They don't want to go. Uh, I'm trying to convince my wife. Uh, to come with me to the fair this weekend and, and enjoy the weather and check that out. Uh, but, you know, you know how that is. You, just, you got to wait for the grandkids, I guess. So we got a ways to go for that. Uh, check it in. People have been checking in all over the country, all over the world. Uh, if you want to check in, we want to know where you're listening, how are you listening. Uh, send us an email, contact at 1360 khnc.com uh, we had Cincinnati was checking in we had Lynn from Huntsville, Alabama checking in uh, Patrick Samamish something like that Samamish I think that's it, Samamish, Washington Patrick was checking in uh, Another Tim, another guy in Wyoming uh, confirming that uh, he gets us 22 miles west of Laramie uh, Wyoming now and then uh, Mark in Spartanburg there, uh, South Carolina, he was checking in a, a, as well. And uh, if you want to check in, let us know where you're listening. Send us an email at contact, contact at 1360khnc.com. And uh, we'll call your name out on the air. That's always fun. And so uh, we appreciate uh, everybody out there that's been checking in with us. Uh, and and just it's incredible and just humbling uh, all over the world. People have been listening to us. So, well, you know what? We've been doing this for 23 plus years, going, getting ready to to turn the clocks on year number 24. And and when you when you treat people right, and you treat people with honesty and integrity, uh, then uh, you know what? You you tend to be you tend to earn their respect, and we've done just that. Uh, oh, and by the way, oh, and Brett, Brett from Lawson, Missouri, he he actually was checking in from Lawson, and then he wanted me to talk about uh, 401k laws and things of that nature. So I'll get into that uh, in the in the next in the, in this hour. We'll talk about it. I had people calling up about banking law, who owns the money when you deposit it in the bank, and 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 a lot of people, and I get it. Most people don't want to believe what the law is. I get it. I understand it. 
You don't want to be told you don't legally own the money when you deposit it in the bank. But you don't. Because if you did, right, then the bank wouldn't be able to loan it out because it'd be your money. Hey, you can't loan out my money, right? You know, they, they loan out, what's the law, 92% or something like that of all the money deposited in the bank. Bank loans it all out. Why is the Fed window open right now? Right, and boy, then they can start. It's, and I know Wall Street doesn't want you to pay attention. Shh. Right, it's just a fire in a little corner of the attic of the house. Don't worry about it. You should. But more than that, it just goes to proving my point. The, the banks need liquidity. Well, why would they need liquidity? Your money's there, right? It should be sitting there, right? All the depositors' money should just be sitting at the bank. We know that's not true. The banks loaned it out. So they need to get rid of all of these loans so they can have some liquidity again, so they can, you know, make your payments and, you know, obviously loan out more money and do all that kind of stuff. So... So we'll go over the, all of that one more time again today. Uh, we, we, we'll talk about right after the break, though. I'm going to real quick give you a couple of big headlines. There's really only one. Uh, one big headline that drove the market today, uh, and it was a trade deal headline. It's actually pretty funny. So we'll, we'll share that, but then we'll, we'll talk about what are the laws. What are the laws specifically? And a lot of you out there, and I, and I get it, they're like, oh, well, show me this law. A lot of these laws were banking laws that were formed well before we were ever a country. Uh, the, the, the part about deposits uh, was actually settled in England. And like the and I and I've told this story before, 14, 1500s, um, and about who had a legal right uh, to the money that was in the bank. And and it is followed all over the world and all of those things. But I'll give you a lot of examples of how how this works and, and, and what is what what the laws are in regards to whether it's your four oh one K, your IRAs, your money markets, your annuities. There's always these little disclaimers. And, and they try to make them sound like they're not such a big deal, but maybe there's something you should realize. It's a radio news hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour. And uh, we're, we're, we're talking about money. And there's, there's all kinds of different avenues for your money, right? Obviously, the first, foremost, most obvious, right, is you go to work, you get a paycheck, right? And that paycheck is deposited into your bank, which when you open a bank account, then you click initial here and initial there, sign here, click OK, initial here, sign there, click OK. But that allows the bank certain rights, right? Which is for, and in Believe me, you can't open an account without it. You have to agree. It's not like it's optional. Right? But the 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 fine print, and you know, nobody ever explains it. And most of the time, even if they did, they would be wrong. Uh, I hate to say that, 
but but that would probably be the truth in my opinion. They don't even really know what it says. But it essentially gives the bank permission to what? Loan that money out. And you cannot legally loan money that you don't own. Right? Banks can't loan money that they don't own, right? They they can't. So yes, legally when you deposit that money into the bank, you legally don't own it anymore. Now, the bank says, hey, but we're going to act like you do at any time, right? You can write a check, right? At any time, you can pay the rent. At any time, you can make your car payment, your insurance payment, go to the ATM, withdraw cash, right? You can do all that stuff. But that doesn't mean that you own it. In the eyes of the law, and this is, again, banking law going back hundreds of years uh, that, that this has happened. Now, one of the things, too, that people don't understand is these laws, these banking laws, don't come from Congress. Now, some do, right? Uh, the, the, I think the one that you'd be most familiar with, Dodd-Frank, right? Too big to fail, right? And... and, and and it's one of the ones that I laugh at till, still to this day. They call you know they call it Dodd Frank, but it was the do too big to fail bill, right? When we had the last crisis, uh, and remember then the Fed had opened up the Fed window and all that stuff, and and bought almost just shy of four trillion dollars of debt off banks' balance sheets, and gave banks liquidity right and, and allowed for you to uh, essentially keep your faith in the bank in the banking system because here's the reality all the banks were insolvent and that's just the truth of it all of them were insolvent and so when Lehman Brothers failed when J.P. Morgan bought Bear Stearns for $2, right? All of these little tricks that they did. Without the Fed to step in, they were all going under. And, And the reason was simple, is because they didn't have enough liquidity. Right? They had debt that nobody wanted to buy. And without being able to get rid of that debt, they couldn't allow for you to go to your ATM and take out your money, right, to pay your rent and to pay your mortgage. Uh, you know, Cyprus and Greece, right, come very simply to mind. Matter of fact, on those you couldn't even close your bank account. That wasn't allowed, right? You were only allowed to take $20 out of the bank. So do you own the money? Right? Of course not. Of course not. Right? Wait, I want to close my account. Sorry. Uh, I can transfer you to a different bank if you'd like. But no, I'm not giving you your money. And a lot of you know, too, and and people were shocked by this. And if you want to to withdraw, I don't know, $10,000, probably even less than that, what do the banks tell you? And a lot of you have done this. Well, I can order it for you, 
right? But I don't have it. These banks don't carry a bunch of cash anymore. They don't do that stuff anymore. Uh, and and so, just understand. Doesn't mean. Listen, there's nothing you can do, right? We we've got to have a bank account. We got to pay our bills. You don't need to be afraid of it, but you do need to understand it. And then they created, you know, in 1933 when they closed all the banks. Almost half the banks didn't reopen. Right? And that was really the first time you saw the consolidation of power by the uh, major four banking families at the time in not allowing almost half the banks to reopen after the banking holiday. And so they, they the, the bankers they're like, man, we need to we need to be smart about this. And these people that lost all of their money, now they realize, oh wait a minute, why would I put it in the bank? Right? Think about it. The money was gold. Gold, twenty dollar gold piece, twenty dollar bill is interchangeable. I put my money in the bank, it went under, and then they said I don't have any money. Because there was no FDIC insurance at the time. You just lost it. So they had to come up with a way of, hey, how are we going to get people to put money in the bank again? And they came up with the FDIC. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And all of the banks pay a small fee every, I don't know, is it every year, every month, whenever it is. A small fee to the FDIC. And the FDIC takes that money, puts it in the bank account. I'm I'm sure they buy treasuries with it. I'm almost positive that's what they do with it. And, And it sits there. And they say, if a bank goes under... We'll make you whole up to $250,000. Of course, that's another reason you don't own the money. Why wouldn't it be, hey, we just make you whole? Right? Nope, it's a limit. The limit is two fifty, which for two fifty for 99% of Americans is a number they'll never reach. And think about it, 1933. The number was a big number back. That was like, come on, who had? There's only maybe a hundred people in the country that had that kind of money. But what they what what's changed? We got a lot less banks. We're down to less. We're we're at four thousand in change. It's all the banks in the entire country. Less than five thousand. In the eighties, we had like eighteen thousand. And now they changed, and again, they changed laws, allowed for banks to get big, and now we have the super banks. And, and you all know, right? The, I think it's like if you took the six largest banks, just the top six, you get like almost 90% of all the deposits. They don't have nearly enough money to pay out the 250000 Right, even you know, think about it. You, I only got ten, ten grand. If J.P. Morgan goes under, if Bank of America goes under, 
if Wells Fargo goes under, they got deposits totaling well over a trillion dollars. The FDIC fund has like thirty billion. Right? It, it it's not close. So now, because they allowed these mega banks, right, the FDIC really is, it's a sham. It doesn't exist. Well, it exists, but it can't actually do what it's been promised to do. And I guess, in theory, the government could bail out the FDIC, right? And these each of these mega banks has roughly a uh, trillion dollars plus of insurable deposits. I should clarify that. So if you've got Bank A got a trillion dollars of insurable deposits goes under. Right? No more bailouts. Right? They changed the laws to now say everything's a bail-in. So what that meant... Now listen, a lot of us were happy about that. Right? I don't know. I, you know... Too big to fail. I thought we were going to break up the banks, right, and, and get everything back under control. They didn't do that. Actually, what they did is they made it so thousands of more banks disappeared. Because of the regulations that they put, they weren't big enough anymore. So they got gobbled up. They got bought out. Too big to fail banks are now even bigger every year. We lose probably two, three hundred banks a year. You just don't hear about them because they're just they just get gobbled up. But in the law now, because you know people were upset. Why should my tax dollars bail out these crooks? Because we learned a lot of nasty things when the banks went under, didn't we? Right, when everybody was losing their homes and your neighbors and your your kids or your parents or your grandparents, nieces or nephews, best friends, lost everything they had, people were frustrated. And we and we learned all kinds of dirty little secrets about what the banks were doing. And so they said, you know what? The American people didn't appreciate us saving you. Right? We kind of thought they should suffer the same fate we did. Of course, we would have found out the, the, you know, the emperor had no clothes on sort of thing. They don't want you to know. You would have found out what the real laws were. And you wouldn't have liked them. I wouldn't have liked them. So now they have bail-ins. So bail-ins really simply is, this is how we will liquidate a mega bank. Right? And, and, you know, we have all these ridiculous stress tests and all these other things, this nonsense that's supposed to prove to us that these banks are in good shape and all of that stuff. But these bail-ins make it very clear that, hey, we'll pay up to whatever money we have. 
right? The FDIC is going to step in and say to you, Depositor A and Depositor B and all the others to Depositor 1 million, we are going to get, and they're going to give you a percentage, 20%, 40%, 60%, I don't know whatever the percentage is going to be of your original deposit and the rest of it will be in the form of a note a promissory note if you will almost like a stock of the new bank and somewhere in the future if that bank ever becomes you know a, a good functioning bank you may be able to sell those notes, those promissory notes, back to the bank and and be made whole in the future somewhere, somehow. That's what bail-ins do. When we get back, I'm going to talk about Brett and his questions about all your other money. You know, your 401ks, your money markets, your IRAs, and what the rules are there. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. It seems we most often must report bad news of free speech restrictions at institutions of so-called higher learning. But today I'm happy to report a win for the First Amendment. Thanks to Texas Senate Bill 18 that went into effect this September, the University of Texas is eliminating their free speech zones, and most universities will follow suit. SB 18 forces universities to protect free speech and even take disciplinary action against those who interfere with the speech rights of others. Confining free speech to certain spaces has long been criticized on our college campuses. Most Americans recognize that as just one more step toward restricting someone's speech that you disagree with. The radical left doesn't take well to being challenged, and their stranglehold on places of higher education has made a breeding ground on campuses for their abuse of rights. Thankfully, the University of Texas is stepping out into the lead in complying with this new state law. Of course, campus Democrats aren't happy with this new development, but that's no surprise. This model may provide quite useful to other states who want to protect the free speech rights of students at public universities. The idea of banning free speech zones and other restrictions at public campuses isn't new. And as the University of Texas proves, schools with public funding will be all too happy to comply with state laws if they want to stay funded. Many campuses give lip service to protecting free speech, some even promising and failing to remove things like free speech zones. Western Illinois University promised to do away with their free speech area policy as far back as 2003 and several times since then. But so far, 16 years later, they've failed to remove it from the books. In fact, campus officers use the policy to this day to shut down members of certain student groups. Perhaps these schools would be motivated by states better exercising their power of the purse over publicly funded higher education. Talk to your legislators about this idea and work towards seeing state government enforce our constitutional rights. It's high time that we started to fight for the institutions that have long been dominated by radical Marxists. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you have a college-bound son or daughter? 
Do you care about the next generation? At phyllisschlafly.com, we expose the liberal agenda and anti-Christian mindset found on most college campuses and help equip conservative students to stand up for their beliefs. Visit us at phyllisschlafly.com and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Pedro Radio News Hour on this Friday. And we're just talking about you know, what the laws are. It's not a it's not a scary thing. It's a education thing, and and the the realities are nobody wants to be taken advantage of, right? But they don't want you to be educated. That's why I said when you go and open up a bank account, oh, just initial here, initial here, sign here, click OK. To, right? Nobody reads it. Nobody says what it is. You're just, you know you got to do it. Because really, you have no choice. But just know what it is. Just understand it. And then you decide whether or not you want to protect yourself against it. Right? Understand what the risk is. And then make an educated decision. That's it. You know, I tell people all the time, Right, be diversified, but having your money in a bank, and and when I and I excess money in a bank used to be a lot better deal in the nineties, in the eighties, seventies. It was a better deal, right? You got paid interest, right? Even if you didn't get a CD. Whether you had a savings account and you had ten grand in it or a hundred grand in it, right? They'd pay you five, six, seven percent. Because they don't pay you anything now. And so now things have changed and and, and it's not just the, the, the bank accounts, right? Because now we went from bailouts to bail ins, so you had a change. They're going to change how they're going to deal with failed banks. And, and specifically, mega banks. Now, the, the simple answer would be, let's get rid of the mega banks so we don't have to do any of that stuff. The FDIC's got, and pick a number, $20 billion, $30 billion, $40 billion. All banks need to be under... Whatever level the FDIC has in insurable deposits. That way, if a bank goes under, everybody gets paid. Right? Now, that would be that would be logical. See, but that doesn't work. Doesn't work today. They need the because the, the debts are so big, and I know it's hard to understand the derivatives and all these things, they can't allow for that. And this is really just magnifies the risk. And so now, when they deal with you depositors, right, it's going to be a mix. Right? Some of the, I, I, I would imagine the ones that don't have any money in there, right, they'll probably be made whole. But everybody, they'll pick a dollar amount. Right? Hey, if you've got over ten grand. You get this percentage. If you got a hundred grand, this percentage—that'd be my guess, anyway. That—that's what I would think. But they have the power to decide that. 
Then they've changed a bunch of laws in regards to your retirement and your 401ks and your money markets and your IRAs. And, and, and we kind of knew this because they, they were looking at the stock market crisis and failure. And one of the things they said was, well, part of the problem was too many people were, were going and getting out of the stock market. Right? They were taking their money markets. They were scared. Right? They, they wanted to protect themselves from what was happening. And they were saying, they were calling up their brokers, they were calling up their financial planners, and they were all getting out. So they went to, through the SEC, and they said, hey, we need to put some protections in there. And this is going to answer, uh, Brett had a question a few months ago. You mentioned some changes that were quietly made to 401k laws, and it was actually all of the other money markets, you know, your annuities, your IRAs. And by the way, uh, all these, quote, your guaranteed income investment vehicles, just remember what the disclaimer is. It's only guaranteed as far as the issuer's ability to pay it. Which really, is that really a guarantee? Hey, I guarantee that I'm going to do this for you unless I go bankrupt and then it's not guaranteed and you're out. So just keep that in mind. And again, not telling you not to do it. Just understand what the laws are. Refer to it, and he said, this was uh, Brett, you refer to it as the government circling the wagons, right? And and they they've made a a, a fence around all of your finances, right? They're limiting cash, right? We know that they've been doing that for a while. They got all these rules now in the new bail-ins of how your bank account's going to get treated. And now the SEC has new rules in place for the next financial crisis. And he was asking if I could give him a, a quick refresher. He's a longtime customer. He's putting $3,000 a month into savings. That's, that's awesome. I mean, uh, most people aren't in that particular uh, ability to do something like that. I quit participating in a 401k many years ago simply due to skepticism that there was way too much money out there not being taxed. Right? Remember, 401ks tax deferred. Concerned that someday the government will simply change the minimum age that you can get your money at 70 and a half. You have to take distribution. At 59 and a half, you can take it without a penalty. Still got to pay tax, but without a penalty. Those are the current laws as they sit today. I'm really uncertain of what to do these days. 
My bank accounts aren't paying squat. Right? Remember, having extra money in your bank, not nearly as good of a deal today as it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. So sometimes I think, why not gamble, put 2% into my 401 and see, see what happens. My employer matches 50 cents up to 6%. I'm going to tell you what I think you should do when we return. We're back. 800 951 We're going to talk now about all your other accounts besides your bank account. 401k, IRA, money market, uh, stuff that you have in your brokerage accounts. Okay? So pretty much everything else. So first, Brett had his question of what he should do. Take 2%, put it into his 401k, where his company offers a 50% match. I like that idea. Be a member of the metals program if you, if you like, right? And now he, our, Brett's a customer, so he's been buying gold and silver all along. Be diversified. There's nothing wrong with it. You got to know the dangers, right? And and understand, you know what the real rules are. And the rules when things are, you know, somewhat normal. And I say somewhat normal because nothing's really normal anymore. But when Wall Street is just chugging along, the economy's kind of chugging along, is it great? No. Is it bad? No. You know, it's an okay economy. You never think about what it is. The only time you really think about it is when things start to get what? Start to get a little scary. And it's important to know it, obviously, what the rules are before then. So here's what happened. So you think about Dodd-Frank, too big to fail. I mean, that was, you know, 20, what, 2008, 2009? On October 14, 2016, the Securities and Exchange Commission, a.k.a. the SEC, which they regulate all your other money, okay? They're in charge, not Congress, not Barney Frank, Right, not the Senate Banking Committee, not the President. Nope, the SEC. They're in charge. They put in new rules that require certain funds the ability to temporarily suspend redemptions or impose liquidity fees on investors withdrawing assets during quote-unquote volatile periods. See? Now, what did that, What did we just say? We just said in 2016, look it up. I'm not, don't, oh, send it to me. Do your own research. You got Google. The SEC in 2016, what was it, the 14th of October, here's what they did. 
They said that the rules, and by the way, this is CNBC, in case you want to know where uh, I'm reading this from. The rules are intended to protect smaller shareholders from investors who make large cash withdrawals amid times of high volatility. (laughs) We got to protect the shareholder. We're not protecting you. Right? We're not protecting you, the customer. No, no, no. While retail investors often thought of money market funds as equivalent to cash in a checking account, they really what that really wasn't the case as the financial crisis made it clear. These changes affect any account with a money market fund, including 401ks, IRAs, and your brokerage accounts. See? It's all of them. All of the change all of the changes that have been enacted were spurred by the crisis and that the FCC aimed at protecting, again, these smaller investors. See, oh, we're protecting the small guy. No, you're protecting your, your friends in the banking industry is what you're doing. And you're protecting them from, quote, unquote, large redemptions. I mean, Bernie Madoff probably wishes this the law was in effect when he was around. He'd still be out there. Two key reforms. One required so-called prime institutional money market funds to have a floating net asset value rather than a fixed $1 a share price. In other words, they'll let these funds go under a dollar, right? which really means they're insolvent. But since they, you can't take your money out, it'll be okay. In other words, your money will stay locked up until they decide. And my guess is they would leave it locked up until they said finally, oh, well, okay, it's over a dollar again now. You can take out some money. That could be decades. That could be years. If you have an IRA, a brokerage account, or a retail prime and municipal money market funds, your usings will maintain... The, the same set of standards. The new liquidity fees and resumption dates uh, or gates will apply to non-government money market funds and 401ks. And here's what it really says simply for all of you to understand. In the event of extreme what they call volatility, let's call it what it is. When people get nervous and money starts flowing out, we can simply block you from withdrawing, period. In other words, you can't sell, you can't go to cash, you can't go to the sideline. And more importantly, you can't get to your money. That's all. Just know the law. You just got to understand it. So Having some gold and silver a pretty good idea? Yeah, I think so. Major Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. 
Gold and silver up today. Off the highs, the big news was, it's, it's actually pretty funny, is uh, some tr- some trade representative that the U.S. and China are close to finalizing some section of the trade deal of phase one. Uh, what section? Well, it's just, it's one of them. Well, uh... What does it t- entail? Well, don't worry. We got uh, we, we got close on one section of phase one. But we're going to have some more meetings. Um, I don't know. If, if that's what you're basing your, your business decisions on, uh, I got, you know, good luck to you. Uh, as we know, uh, they're trying to come up with this very watered-down deal uh, and and try to do the big stuff after the election. That's really all that's about. Uh, but that kind of helped out the markets a little bit. But gold's uh, 1501 Silver's at $18. Uh, today I've got, and I don't have very many left. Man, I had a bunch of them this morning. Uh, we had almost, what, 70, I think it was 73 $20 gold pieces. Uh, we're down now to 20 not even, I'm sorry, 10, let me give them 15 $20 liberties at fifteen fifty. So like $48, $49 over spot at 800 951 I hope this helps. It's not meant to confuse anybody. These are the rules. The money that's deposited into your bank, you are an unsecured creditor. You just are. We all are. Everybody understands that. Otherwise, look, and, and, and really, the simplest answer, look at Greece. Those people could not take the money. And at, at any point here, they can do the same thing. You don't own it legally. They've got, a, you know, some abatement stuff with it where you could, you know, well, you know, uh, take it back, but you don't own it. The SEC in 2016, as I used to say, they circle at any time when they call it volatility. Let's just say when things get bad, they can force you to be unable to redeem your money. In other words, sell. We're not letting you sell. I want to sell. I want to get out. I don't want to take losses. I don't feel good about Think about that. Hey, things are getting ugly here. I think there's going to be a lot more losses coming. Let me sell. Sorry, you can't. Did they, did they say there are certain guidelines? No, they just said in periods of high volatility. Did they say how long you'd be prevented from selling? No, what they said was when they decide to let you uh, to do redemptions, they'll let you know. I mean, what's worse? I think that's worse than what the you know the banks. At least you know you you'll get some kind of your money back from the FDIC. Maybe not all of it, but you get something. Here they're just like, hey, we can lock up your money until we deem it safe again. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour. I hope that helped it really. 
I don't want to, it's not the scariest, I'm doing this. Educate yourself why it makes sense they have some of that hard-earned money in the gold and silver. In case that happens, hey, you've got a way to get access to cash, don't you? Right? Call me up and say, I want to sell. Got to have something to sell, though, right? 